Good afternoon. Former Prime Minister Scott Morrison will retire from politics after 16 years in federal parliament, including four served in the top job. He's calling time on his career in Canberra. The decision paves the way for a by-election in the southern Sydney seat of Cook. Chief reporter Chris Reason has the details. Good afternoon. Well, a backbencher since his federal election lost 20 months ago, Scott Morrison has decided that now is the time to go, ending more than 16 years in federal politics. A devout Pentecostal Christian and Cronulla Shark supporter, he was elected in 2007 to the seat of Cook in the Sutherland Shire, south of Sydney. A former managing director of Tourism Australia, he'd earned the nickname of Scotty from marketing, but most called him ScoMo. And once in office, he had a pretty quick rise through ministerial ranks. First as Immigration Minister, well, he oversaw the controversial but successful Stop the Boats campaign. Then Social Services Minister, Treasurer and finally Prime Minister in 2018, almost by accident. A year later, there was the miracle win in the unwinnable election. The political finale, though, this statement today. Just letting you know that after more than 16 years as the member for Cook, I've decided to leave Parliament at the end of February to take on new challenges in the global corporate sector and spend more time with my family. Mr Morrison was one of the most controversial and polarising PMs in modern history. He holidayed in Hawaii during the catastrophic 2019 bushfires, was harshly criticised over the Brittany Higgins saga, the slow vaccine rollout during COVID and for secretly appointing himself to five ministries, adversely named as well for his part in the robo-debt scandal. He was Australia's 30th Prime Minister, held the post for four years. His resignation will force a by-election in Cook, likely sometime in April. Back to you. Chris Reason there. Low to middle income earners could benefit from an overhaul of the Albanese government's proposed stage three tax cuts. Live now to political reporter Isabel Mullen. Izzy, is the Prime Minister about to break a key election promise? Oh, well, Angie, there's growing speculation, but at this point, it is only speculation. This morning, the Deputy Prime Minister told a news conference that the government's position had not changed, but there was some indication from the Prime Minister that the Stage 3 tax cuts could be refined to deliver more to low to middle income earners. He told Talkback Radio that everyone would get a cut. Currently, the legislated tax cuts don't benefit people who earn less than 45 thousand dollars a year so if you take his word there changes could be made to benefit lower income earners this has got the opposition's back up any changes to stage three tax cuts would be a backflip on one of the prime minister's key election promises i support tax cuts and everyone will be getting a uh, a, a, a tax cut look our position hasn't changed when you modify a promise you're actually breaking a promise you can't go to an election saying you're going to keep a promise and then come up with this word, I'm going to modify a promise. The Prime Minister discussed these matters at today's Cabinet meeting and should outline his position in full at his National Press Club address on Thursday. Angie. Isabel Mullen in Canberra. The federal government has for the first time used powers to punish and publicly unmask a Russian hacker who is at the centre of the Medibank hacking scandal. Sensitive personal data of millions of Australians was exposed. Never before has Australia used its cyber sanctions powers. This morning that changed. Foreign Minister Penny Wong, Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill and Deputy Prime Minister Richard Miles announcing Russian cyber criminal Alexander Ermakov was the subject of these unprecedented powers for his role in the 2022 hack of Medibank. 
The names, records, dates of birth and information of 9.7 million Australians were sold on the dark web. Now, after an 18-month exhaustive investigation by the Australian Signals Directorate, there is a travel ban in place against Ermakov and there are targeted financial sanctions. Nobody can trade or provide assets to him and it's punishable by up to 10 years in prison. It sends a clear message that there are costs and consequences for targeting Australia and for targeting Australians. They may take it as a badge of honour, they may shrug it off as not important, they may never be worried that they don't want to travel to any of the Five Eyes uh, countries. Australia's Five Eyes intelligence partners understand cyber criminals thrive on anonymity. By not only sanctioning him, but naming and shaming Ermakov, it's hoped it will discourage other hackers and cyber gangs from targeting Australian institutions and businesses. In breaking news, the trucking boss linked to Victoria's Eastern Freeway tragedy that killed four police officers in 2020 has been sentenced to three years behind bars. A judge found Chris Large was responsible for repeated and systemic failures leading up to the crash. The driver sleep deprived and high on methamphetamine. The court heard Large allowed drivers to take to the road without proper training and approved false timesheets knowingly because his only priority was to get the job done. The families of the victims flew up to Sydney today to tell the court of their heartbreak. We'll have more on their stories tonight at six. A teenage boy has been seriously hurt after he was struck by a car in Sydney's north. It's understood the 15-year-old was stepping out from behind a bus at Manly Vale late last night when he was hit by a sedan. He suffered head injuries and was taken to the children's hospital at Randwick. The 56-year-old driver was taken for mandatory tests. Cricket captain Pat Cummins has added his voice to the campaign to change the date of Australia Day. It comes as the list of organisations refusing to celebrate on January 26 grows longer. Angelique Opie reports. Three days out from the public holiday, there's still plenty of debate surrounding the name and date of Australia Day. One restaurant, Penelope's in Circular Quay, is offering an Invasion Day selection. Showcases what it's like to be Australian and in Sydney. From a major childcare provider, the date is being labelled as Survival Day 2. Staff at Petstock won't be able to dress up on Australia Day or celebrate. It's starting to get very vitriolic and it's, getting, it's really starting to, to divide us. On our famous Bondi Beach, a dawn service will be taking place. It is an opportunity to acknowledge the survival and resilience of our First Peoples uh, and to also understand the connection to country and to culture. To basically attack what is a traditional Anzac Day ceremony I think it's disrespectful to every veteran that's ever served. Meanwhile, Australian cricket captain Pat Cummins wants the date to be changed. I absolutely love Australia. It's the best country in the world by a mile. And I think we should have an Australia Day, but um, I think we can probably find a, a more appropriate day to, to celebrate. More than half of Australians support the tradition of the public holiday. According to a recent poll, 58% want the date to stay the same. More than two-thirds of the population believe the name Australia Day should stay as it is. A sparsely populated part of China has been struck by a magnitude 7.1 earthquake. Power has been cut and at least two homes destroyed in western Xinjiang, but no deaths have been reported. 14 aftershocks have also been recorded, two of them with a magnitude of more than five.